I'm Mark Evans, and welcome to Marketing Spark, the podcast that delivers insight from marketers and entrepreneurs in the trenches in 25 minutes or less. In the B2B SaaS marketing world, there's a lot of talk about slick strategic plans and an army of marketers to turn plans into action. But many companies have small marketing teams. In fact, some companies have one-person marketing teams featuring people who need to do it all. What's life for these marketers? How do they do their jobs when they're flying solo? To discover the secrets to success, I'm talking with Nancy Kwan, Director, Digital Marketing at Bubblebox. Welcome to Marketing Spark. Thanks, Spark, for having me. Let's start by having you tell me about your job. I'm interested in understanding firsthand what it's like to be the marketing department. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, like you said, I'm the director of digital marketing at Bubble Box. A little bit of a background. We're a Salesforce consulting partner helping organizations integrate and continuously optimize their Salesforce instance. So this includes anything from like marketing cloud, Tableau, Datarama, sales and service, just to name a few. But to your point of that question of like, what does a, a one person marketing team do? What, what are they responsible for? And I would say more often than not, it could easily be deemed as you might feel overwhelmed. You might feel it at being a bit daunting at times, especially if you're not prepped to position yourself for success. But uh, the daunting and overwhelming feeling could be very large, especially if you're new to the organization or if that role is also new to the organization. Um, what you'll probably experience is everybody is going to be coming to you at that company with all their ideas, you know, the latest trends that they're reading on and what's happening. They're probably putting in the requests, uh, mainly because maybe they didn't have a person there before. So they're all coming with their backlogs of great ideas and things that they want to see on social or in marketing collaterals on the website. And of course, one thing that sometimes get often forgotten is we are, I'm always faced with that, like, okay, how do we optimize the user experience? How do we optimize the customer experience? So that is probably what will happen if you're joining an organization and there is either a small team or just a one person team, what somebody might, uh, like myself has experienced in the past. So I've been in the situation where I have come in as the marketing person on a consulting basis. And you're right. The sales guy has something that for, to be done. The CEO has their priorities. The head of sales has their priorities. How do you coordinate all those different asks to make sure that you're not running in different directions, that people don't know what page you're on, what your priorities are? How do you get that initial buy-in and structure so that you're doing the right things at the right time for the right people? I would say my biggest advice, take a step back and slow down. Just constantly remind yourself those two, those two pieces of advice. But to start, we have to be strategic. So that would be my number one recommendation. Be strategic. And don't just because of the excitement of all the different business units that there is somebody in that role now, don't just jump into execution because that will only set you up for potential failure and also uh, divert you from what your end goal is that you're trying to achieve. So one of the things I always say is take the time to really, truly understand the business strategy um, and ensure that you as the marketer has have alignment and that you truly understand, you know, you're, that you're spending the time to ask a lot of questions. And more specifically, I find if, if you're, especially if you're new to an organization, 
spend the time to ask the tough questions that probably a lot of people aren't asking anymore. Um, because that, you know, like when I say ask the tough question, it's not a, it's not a hard question. It's the question of why, you know, why are we doing this? What, what are we working towards? And truly spend that time to understand um, what is that, that goal, or you often hear it, a marketer say, like, what's that North Star that we're trying to work towards? And what are we trying to achieve? Right. Right. And at the end of the day, I always say, don't hold back. You probably, I think both of us say this quite a bit, Mark. If if you're thinking it, somebody else in the room, in the company is probably also thinking about it too, but the question hasn't been publicly stated. And more times than none, everybody's running a mile a minute. So they haven't had that opportunity to take the pause like you do when you first join to spend the time to ask the questions and educate. Yeah. And I think, and, and to that point about the obvious question as a marketer, you know, when I say take a step back, I would say take a step back and look at the market research because, you know, understand your audience because maybe maybe there was another uh, previous individual in that role before, years before. And normally what na- what naturally happens is that people give you all the old decks, the all the old strategies, all the old presentation. They go, here you go, right? You're off to a great start. But time has passed. The environment has changed. And I always say, start again. Take a look at the market research of the current current state. What does it look like? Who's your audience? And really just stay focused because you're, you're a one-person um department. So you can't, you can't dabble in every single area. So then, you know, look at your, look at your competitors and start formulating and putting together in draft, you know, what does your marketing strategy look like, but not only just the strategy, how, you know, what are the measurables that are going to align to the business strategies to get you to, uh, to succeed. And then if I had a second piece of advice, as a marketer in a, a one department, really focus at looking for opportunities to automate the mundane tasks in your marketing department. Huge opportunity because once you free up those, you know, those administration tasks or look at uh, creating uh, email marketing that you can set up journeys or automations, great way for you to get uh, um, a journey going so that frees up your time to focus on other areas as well. You've got the North Star determined, or you focus on the North Star. You've got your strategy in place. You've talked to the key stakeholders. You know what the priorities are. So you're all excited to get started, but you're only one person. So the question <laughs> is, how do you actually get marketing done? How much do you take upon doing yourself? Because you've got to be, you know, jack of all trades, you know, a five tool player. Mm-hmm. And how much do you allocate to freelancers and contractors and consultants, third parties who can help you with tactical execution? Yeah, I'll be very honest about that one. Sometimes I've had to just roll up my sleeves and I really had to get in there to start doing the building. Um, Some people may see that being as painful, but especially when you know, it's a new, maybe it's a new department for that organization. You actually have to start building up the case to get budget. I've started an organization where there were no marketing budget. So how could I even begin to uh, look for contractors if I don't even have the budget to fund it? Um, So normally what I like to do is, you know, roll up my sleeve, focus on that one or two areas that I know my audience is in and really start doing testing 
and making sure that any testing or any channels or tactics I'm working in on my campaigns that I'm planning, having a like I'm actually predicting what my forecasts are and also making sure that I'm tracking my results. Because at the end of the day, any efforts that I bring in, I want to be able to prove what my return on my investments are. Because once I start proving that any work that I'm doing is now netting a return, I could take that data and the results to start building out and formulating, oh, we need to um, essentially start to be able to scale. I now have the data to prove if we begin to blow it up a little bit more or do do um, do more with a budget, if we had budget, um, I will be able to scale and be able to have growth revenue because I'm bringing in additional contractors or consultants to help me be able to execute at a faster pace. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. But one of the challenges for a lot of marketers who are marketing leaders, they see themselves as strategic leaders, as people who will guide mm-hmm. the organization through. So they've likely done a lot of the grunt work. They've been in the trenches. They've they've doing a lot of tactical execution. And the danger for our marketing leader is that they don't want to do that anymore, is that they want to be the strategic leader from above who tells the minions what to do. And I think you're you make a good point is sometimes <laughs> you have to do both. Sometimes you have to do strategy and you have to actually get get the work done. And I think that's a hard pill for a lot of senior marketers to to accept. I guess one of the questions mm-hmm. I would have is once you once you've actually proven your case and you start to hire people, it's all about how do you manage people who aren't inside the organization, who aren't as vested as you are, who aren't drinking the Kool-Aid? How do you make sure that they're focused on your work as opposed to other clients as well? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think it actually, not even I think, I know it, it has to start from the foundation. And what I mean by that is what are your core values? What is your core value to you as the leader? And what's the core value to your organization? Right. And, you know, I'll use bubble boxes as an example. We have six core values that we stand by. And I would say these core values, they're in our DNA. It's it's in us. And it's all focused around um, one of them is about, you know, being one team. We're strongly we work and we are stronger together. We're all about being passionate about what we do. We go, we always go above and beyond and making sure that we're able to execute on our initiatives and our projects. You know, the third one that we have is we have we are humble and confident individuals and we're all about making sure that we have the gratitude through the right attitude. You know, and then the fourth one that we have is um, we own it. We always have this mentality of we got it. So if we're going to commit to something. We always see it through. Um, it's all about also our energy. So we love being positive. We always have this drive and never giving up. And then the last one is all about doing the right thing. So making sure that you're delivering on a promise. So of course, when I'm working with um, freelancers or consulting partners to help me on my initiatives, I'm looking and having having a conversation to go, does this partner or um, client, do their core values align up with, with mine and bubble box? Because if there is that synergy and um, the, the drive to deliver on those values, I, we know that there's going to be a successful relationship. What kind of support do you get from your management team when you're a one-person marketing team in terms of not only strategic direction, but tactical support. So one of the things that I have found in my experience is that the CEO will say, yes, I'm all about marketing. I want to make marketing happen. And when you look to them to collaborate and engage and give you feedback and ideas, 
they say to you, well, I, I'm too busy for that. I, I'm too busy driving product and sales. And so you're left to your own devices. What do you need to do to make sure that you get buy-in and they're as vested in, in marketing as you are? That's a really good question. With Bubblebox, like I, the, the management team is truly unique. We actually, as a team, we dedicate a specific time during the week and our model is you cannot decline it. You cannot, you, you have to make every effort to show up to this, this weekly meeting. And this is where we are giving our status updates of how we're trending towards our KPIs and measurables. But it also gives us the opportunity for us to identify issues um, and have a conversation around, uh, well, what is that issue? Where's the root problem coming from? And be open to having a conversation. So we purposely set time aside every week to be able to touch on this. And this is where as a marketer, I raise my hand to go, maybe I've come across this roadblock in some of my processes and I and um, how could I, and I, I seek support. So I go, this is my issue. This is what I'm coming across, open to ideas and solutions. And at the end of the day, we also make sure that the, that we're all focused on the right priorities, right? So I need to ensure that when I come to the table and have a conversation, my point is all about my issue um, right now will have a risk or impact for us to get to our, our overall business outcomes. And I find that when you position the priority to the goal that you're all working towards, everybody is willing. And, and this is what I love about my, my leadership team that I get to work with at Bubblebox. We all come together to ideate. And go, how do we make sure that we help my team member uh, get to success, which at the get at the same time comes to the success of the business as well? Yeah, that sounds like a really good approach. That in fact, that you look at marketing as a partnership as opposed to you're the marketing department and you make it happen. One of the things that I'm interested in is for people who are running solo, what's your advice in terms of how to structure operations? And I think that's a funny term because when you're the only person, you're the operation, right? So, <laughs> That's so, true. <laughs> so what are the pillars for success? And, and as important, what are the mistakes that they need to avoid if they're going to run efficiently, if they're not going to be working, you know, 724 and tearing their hair out at the end of the day? My biggest recommendation advice, don't become the yes person. Get comfortable mm. saying no, right? And you have to get comfortable on asking anybody who's throwing a request at you, um, you know, why, right? Is it because it's strategic and it's going to help to, to help you grow and get to where your goals are? Or is it because it's that, that you know, uh, what's that saying? Um, the, sh the shiny object syndrome or the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Is that why people are coming in to put in the request? So at the end of the day, it's getting comfortable to say no, always asking the question to why, why is it being required? How is it getting us to the key goal? And um, at the same time, my my biggest thing, which my biggest lesson to learning, uh, lesson learned through the years was don't be a yes person. It's hard to say no, to be honest with you, because we are preconditioned. I think maybe, I don't know whether marketers are preconditioned specifically, but we're preconditioned to say, yes, yes, I can get that done. Yes, that project is not a problem. Yes, I can create that content. And it gets us in trouble sometimes because we overextend ourselves and we're, we do things that aren't a priority or aren't directly related to the North Star. Yeah. And it actually prevents you from getting there quicker, right? So it, it just becomes that roadblock when we get into the habit of saying yes. The other thing I wanted to ask you is what's your own strategy when it comes to marketing? You've established a very solid presence on LinkedIn. You do some great videos. Like me, you've 
really sort of embraced LinkedIn as the place where you go for networking and to establish your personal brand and to drive leads for Bubblebox. Talk a little bit about your approach to your own marketing, including LinkedIn. What are you doing and, and how do you do it? I use LinkedIn, you know, I think there's many of us during the pandemic where we turned to LinkedIn as a way to connect and build relationships. I think that was tremendously being missed by a lot of people during the pandemic. But I found LinkedIn was a great place just to share ideas. And my my whole um, thought around LinkedIn is it's all about sharing experiences and sharing knowledge. You know, we're all experts. And if we're not competing with each other, then what is there to hide, right? And a lot of it I found with LinkedIn is all about driving meaningful conversation. So just because I may have experienced an outcome doing whatever marketing strategy or customer experience strategy, um, I'm always curious to also, you know, share what I experienced, but I also want to see and hear what did other people experience? Because it could vary. It could be, it could vary from country to country. It could vary by, by industry. And a lot of it I found was it drove really engaging conversations with people that I didn't have access to. Like you and I, Mark, we had never met before LinkedIn. And now I'm very comfortable just tapping you. And actually now I'll do a little plug for you. Like the the two two marketers in a Mallory on, on Wednesdays at, on Clubhouse. Great opportunity for me just to come and go, hey, I've come across this challenge. This is how I think I should approach it. What about you guys based off of your experience? How would you navigate it? And I just find that that opens up the lens of opportunity and a new way of thinking that traditionally wasn't taken advantage of. We're both based in Toronto, that we've never met each other, although I think we have a relationship now, which is pretty amazing given the fact that so much happens virtually slash digitally and that my network globally has expanded and the, and the nature of the relationships are, are dynamic and interesting and engaging and it really it is really wonderful. And segueing into Clubhouse, because I did want to ask you about that, but I, I'm curious about your take on Clubhouse. <laughs> And specifically, I'm hearing a lot of conversations from my clients about using Clubhouse as a thought leadership vehicle. A lot of them are excited about the potential. They're not exactly sure how to leverage it, but they believe that they can. there's a place for them to talk about what's important to them and to connect with like-minded people and create a community. Have you got any thoughts about that take on Clubhouse? And is it something that Bubblebox is considering? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on my radar. I find that it's just a great great area of what Clubhouse offers that LinkedIn currently doesn't is the human interaction. For me to be able to hear your voice versus Zoom, where there's a lot of, I would say probably the last 12 months a lot of individuals have come across Zoom fatigue, right? And now we're we don't want to see each other's faces, we don't want to jump on Zoom, we don't, don't want to turn on the cam. But I found with Clubhouse, what I've appreciated is that different individuals are joining on the topics that matter to them. And if you can't find a room on the topic that matters to you, you could try to create the opportunity to find people to come to you and have a conversation. But at the same time, I'm now hearing a person's voice. I'm just through conversation network, I'm establishing the trust. And then after that, I've gone often gone back into LinkedIn or other platforms and continued the conversation, which I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't get that slight human interaction. That that, And it's just a voice. You could hear the excitement. You could hear the inflictions and the topics that really matter, which sometimes you don't get when it's just a post text, like a, like a text post on LinkedIn or, or an image post. You don't see that. So the, the excitement, 
it doesn't, for me, it, it just cultivates an energy that I need to thrive off of. And maybe that's like a good marketing thing, but I just, I just love it where I'm going, oh, like, and when I hear your voice on Clubhouse, I'm like, he's excited or, oh, I feel his pain because he's struggling with it. And then I start thinking, right? There was one time I think we, we came across a scenario where there was a challenge that brought, was brought up and I reached back out to you to go, what's your problem? Because I, f- I feel where you're coming from and I would never want to experience that myself. So let's just brainstorm and ideate. That would never happen on the LinkedIn platform on its own at, at that speed, I would say as well. That's what I find interesting though about the marriage between LinkedIn and Clubhouse. And it's not official yet because Clubhouse doesn't link to LinkedIn yet, but people will have conversations on Clubhouse. They'll check out their profile while they're having the conversations. They'll go back to LinkedIn and connect with them on LinkedIn and have been, and then drive another conversation, like a private conversation there. And I think it's pretty amazing the way that the two platforms are meshed together. I don't think there's a M&A marriage. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't even think LinkedIn is going to launch their own audio version of Clubhouse. But I do think the synergies between Clubhouse and LinkedIn are are really amazing for anybody who wants to take advantage of both platforms, which is why we have to be on both platforms to some degree. Where can people learn about you and Bubblebox? Yeah, so I I could be found on LinkedIn. If you just look up my name, Nancy Kwan, um, and type in Bubblebox, you'll probably be able to find me very quickly. So feel free, don't don't hesitate, don't be shy, just feel free to reach out and connect with me. And if you want to learn more about Bubblebox, we do have a LinkedIn page as well. So just type in Bubblebox and you'll see the Salesforce Consulting Partner page. Highly encourage you guys to follow us. Again, this is where we're trying to bring together a, a group of marketers to drive in an engaging conversation. Uh, we also have a website. So if you just type in bubblebox.cloud, Uh, you'll be able to learn more about our, our expertise there. Thanks, Nancy. And thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a review and subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For show notes of today's conversation and information about Nancy, visit marketingspark.co slash blog. If you'd like to learn more about how I help B2B SaaS companies as a fractional CMO, strategic advisor, and coach, send an email to mark at marketingspark.co. I'll talk to you next time.